Hello and welcome to the only podcast where we know that lopty neck means work it out, and yet we can't lopty neck that song out of our heads no matter how we try. I'm Matt. <laughs> I'm Luke. And I'm Max. And this is Force for Thought. All right. Hello and welcome back to Force for Thought. Uh, we're going to address the elephant in the room and the fact that this is the first video episode um, that we're doing. So if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see our faces. And uh, let me just reintroduce. I'm Matt. This is Max. I'm Luke. Yeah, that's Luke. Um, and we are the host of Force for Thought. Um, and if you're listening to us on Spotify or uh, Apple Podcasts or Podbean or wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, you can check us out on YouTube or just listen to this because uh, this episode we are specifically doing the sounds of Star Wars and more specifically the music <laughs> of Star Wars. So we're going through and... Yeah, that's yeah, an sorry, important Luke. distinction because I wouldn't mind doing an episode on the sounds of Star Wars in I the future. I also would not mind that too. I'm glad I said that. That was actually a recent recommendation by one of our listeners who emailed in as mm. well as to do songs. And I wanted to say that before we started, too, that this was actually the most requested uh, topic for us to talk about from our fans. And I was a big proponent of that as well. <laughs> and we, I also want to do soundtracks, still, like full soundtracks. Like, what is the best sound? Rank the movies. Now, how do you rank the actual soundtracks of those movies? As a whole. To, yes, because to me, they yeah. are vastly different than how I enjoy the movies. To me, I would have to listen to all... 11 soundtracks yeah which is like same what 11 hours that's a big prep at work. least each it's song a, is like eight minutes long it's a big big prep but you know we 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 can we can figure out the time we, yeah we'll, we'll find we're time. watching we have, we have the a slow year yeah. <laughs> yeah this year is indeed slow um so uh you know we went through we listened to a lot of the soundtracks uh the music for me is something that i listen to all the time as anybody that listens to this podcast max and i have been writing our own Star Wars show. It's not, I mean, it's not, it's hard to say fan fiction. I don't want to go too much into that. But the reason I'm saying that is because during that time, we listened to a lot of Star Wars soundtracks. And as I continue to, you know, beat board those scripts out and whatnot, I listen to a lot of that Star, that Star Wars uh, soundtracks through, throughout the entire time. So I feel like these songs are in my head all the time. It was very hard to limit it down to just 10. And then I realized we're only doing five. <laughs> and so then I was even like, do I have to reorder my my order in order to get all of it in there. And I just decided to stick with it. So in context, I don't think it makes as much sense, but in the top 10, I swear it's a great top 10 list. Um, <laughs> so five, we'll see. It's a little bit questionable, I think. Um, and to quote George Lucas, uh, you know, music is 50% of the movie going experience. And I obviously full heartedly agree. And I think that star Wars specifically, um, does music some of the best. I mean, obviously we owe that a lot to John Williams and a lot of these soundtracks I love, um, because they're so uniquely star Wars, but, you can also tell they're very uniquely uh, John Williams. What, Luke? Oh, I love what you're saying. This is great. I'm sorry. I believe you. But there's there's also hints. What? It's something else. You were right. Go on. <laughs> I knew it. Uh, don't you lie to me on video now? <laughs> he knows. Everyone's, I'm going to cut to you consistently laughing and seeing. Um, but I, I love those hints that you can tell that, like, what John Williams is going to go on to do. You can hear a little hints of E.T. You can hear a little hints of uh, Jurassic Park and, and Harry Potter movies and stuff, too. And Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, yes. You, hit, you hear all those hints throughout the Star Wars soundtracks, uh, even before those movies were made, which I, which I love to, to see. What is your guys's, I guess, before we dive into the general um, rankings, like, how would you, in general, like, how, what's your relationship with the Star Wars soundtracks? Because I feel like I've been talking a lot at this point. Yeah, I don't have nearly as personal a relationship with them as you do. I have never been able to, like, multitask just in general, unless a future employer asks, because it is on my resume as a skill. But <laughs> I, can't, I can't even listen to, like, score soundtracks like that oh, really? and work. No, I have mm. tried to so many times. 
and it just doesn't work. I end up listening to the music or doing work. So whenever I do listen, I am fully listening. That being said, I, I rarely, if ever, dedicate time to just listen to movie soundtracks. Mm. So, I mean, I had most of this list locked and ready to go, but as you'll find, most of this list is tied to like other memories I've had with Star Wars where that music is playing, and that's why it's my some of my favorites. So when I work and I'm doing like other stuff, I'm able to like listen to music or podcasts or whatever it is, but soundtracks are different and I'm actually not able to listen to Star Wars music while I'm doing some of this stuff. And I think it's Get your fist pumping a little bit. Yeah, it, it's so I think you're it's the also opposite. I hear a lot of people that can listen to like soundtracks and scores, but not lyrical stuff. No, I, I can listen to like punk rock while I'm doing anything. But as soon as I put on John Williams, I'm just like, what is that third instrument in the back doing? That because is hard. Yes. I'm, I'm a fairly musical person. I've played in bands before. I've written shitty punk rock songs. But to listen to like John Williams mm-hmm. symphonies and like just all the different instruments and how they're all doing different things, it is just incredible to me. Like I, have, I don't know how somebody thinks of these things like i'm it's just very impressive to me like i i don't know that leads into a little bit of a monologue i wrote i guess i wasn't gonna say this word for but i'm just gonna say it word for word and i feel like sometimes when i do host episodes i kind of go on these long tangents uh you know look at the rebel moon episode in the beginning of that it's kind of like that but not as intense and very lovely versus me hating that movie um so i just i just wrote this out like literally thinking like oh these are just thoughts about music but i'm just gonna read it I don't know if this will make sense because I haven't read it out loud, but I put not only do the characters have themes, but also the ideas of the films and franchise that weave in and out of every film, story arc and scene. George Lucas and John Williams alike were able to create a space opera that was grounded in reality by creating in music, by creating weapons and music that fell down to earth, yet otherworldly, evoked curiosity and playfulness in all of us. The music works so well on a basic level by letting you feel what the scene wants you to feel. But with every violin strike or harp note in the background, a sense of mystery and wonder fills the room when you watch a Star Wars uh, movie or listen to the soundtracks. And I think that's true. I mean, I wrote that, so I obviously think that's true. But I also do feel like there is that wonderment that I feel like, man, I hate mentioning the MCU, but there's a great video uh, talking about the MCU soundtracks and how those particularly your watch. It only took us five minutes to get there. Uh, <laughs> about how those soundtracks ble- like bleed in the background and they just kind of do half the work for you. And I think where I think, uh, like George Lucas said, music is 50% of the movie. And I really feel like Star Wars is the prime example. And there's a reason that these soundtracks are some of the best ever made. Um, as well and we're also you know we're talking john williams right now a lot but there's also a lot of other composers uh like michael cagino john powell what (laughs) kevin kiner uh ludwig goritzen uh joseph shirley natalie holt william ross and nicholas Bertel. all these great composers contribute to star wars and there's also so many more that i have not mentioned including a lot of the composers for the games or the original clone wars from 2003 2005 so um that is who we're mainly talking about as well um, because everything else to say, I'm gonna have a criteria for ranking, and before we start ranking, and then the actual ranking themselves. No, I'm ready. Let's All right. do it. Um, so some criteria for ranking. This is more for the the listener or viewer, because we kind of already know this, or maybe not. I didn't share this with you guys. So I was gonna say I don't remember a criteria. Uh, the criteria in general. So we might have some songs that overlap with specific themes within them. That is, you know, a lot of these again weave in and out to evoke emotion, um, throughout. And so a lot of you know. For example, Princess Leia's theme weaves in and out of the entire, you know, saga. Um, so, as mentioned, Star Wars music is so recognizable and so good because the composers reuse these themes throughout the score to evoke greater emotion. Um, let's see. We all know that our that this could be their top ten. Yes, we have the you know, top five along with two honorable mentions. Max has one honorable mention as well. 
Uh, and honestly, this is the hardest one I've had to do for a ranking, I think. I think versus the, with the movies, everything can change. But this specific list, I would be very interested in re-looking through at a different date to seeing, uh, especially when the new movies come out, to see if it has changed. Because there's a lot of surprises, I feel like, in this list that I had for myself. I think your consternation came through in our group text when we were trying to figure out what to do. <laughs> yeah. You were like, I got to rework my list now that it's five instead of ten. And we were like, what's the difference? Just go with your top five. And you're like, no, it's got to make sense. It has to make sense as a, as, a, as a cohesive list, you know? And if you're doing ten songs like on a desert island, it's like, okay, you have a little bit of room, right? But when you have five, you're like, okay, well, I'm – if you again, one of my favorite bands, no effects. If I was on a desert island and I had ten songs, I'd throw no effects in there. If I had five songs, I don't know if I could because is a two-minute punk – you know what I mean? Like, do I do no effects then? Or so, can I get a better result with the Menzingers? So is that what you were saying then about your top 10 list versus a top five? Yes. It, so what's the difference between a top five list and a desert island list? Do you desert consider those the list. same? No, those are different. I agree I, with Matt I would on think, that. Well, he's For, saying they're the same. I am kind of saying, oh, I'm saying they're different in the fact that like, either just say if I have a desert top 10 versus a desert top five, I, it's a little different. My five, but favorite, not a desert, real yeah. world top 10 versus real world top five. Well, so that's the five are on top are mm -hmm. still different. Yes. Even though you're not on a desert. That's what I'm confused well, about. Okay. Because I get why mm -hmm. you'd have to change them up if you're going to a desert island. Just in, so my top my top five favorite movies are my top five favorite movies no matter what, right? So I guess that's the difference is like if you're like, okay, you can only watch five favorite movies on this desert island for the rest of your life. It's like, do I pick my top five or do I pick the most versatile? Which is presumably I'm going to keep them my top three, but maybe swap in four and five. They're too similar. Just say A New Hope and Empire um, are in my top five. Do I want to keep both Star Wars or do I just keep one? Because mm -hmm. so that's the kind of the difference I think with that. And also the way we do lists, viewer slash listener, is that we go through these to make sure there's no duplicates. Something that I'm a big proponent against, but they these two tailors love it. And so that is a difference too within these lists is that it doesn't really matter because some of these are not my or our true top five or ten. So you've been lied to this entire time. I was the one that did do the the condensation of the list to make sure mm -hmm. there were no duplicates. And well, did you have any that you had to move around, Matt, or did your top seven stay your top seven? No, I, my my top seven stayed my top. Seven. I know because I did it, so I don't see why you're making a big fuss about <laughs> I'm it. I'm not. I'm just saying this is the one specific time it's worked out in my favor, and I'm <laughs> so excited to talk about it. I don't know if you overthought it or if I just underthought it, but my yeah. my entire logic was okay what is my favorite star wars song and then okay mm -hmm. after this one what is my favorite star wars song and then i just went down the list that i did the same thing but man it was hard and that's why i was having such a difficult time with it <laughs> it's so hard all right well let's get into yes. it yes luke taylor do you want to start first i noticed you were talking so elegant elegantly and eloquently about how you love film scores and i kind of mentioned how i don't feel exactly the same uh, that's one of my favorite songs mm -hmm. So my number five favorite Star Wars song of all time is The Saga Begins by Weird Al. Oh my, my, this here Anakin guy. Maybe Vader someday later, now he's just a small fry. And he left his home and kissed his mommy goodbye, saying soon I'm gonna be a Jedi. Soon I'm gonna be a Jedi. Junkyard slave isn't even old enough to shave, but he can use the force, they say. Uh, do you see him hitting on the queen, though he's just nine and she's 14, yeah, he's... 
son of a bitch. Well, if I didn't love Weird Al so much, I'd be angry. But fuck, I can't. I can't debate that. <laughs> the, rest <laughs> my, the rest <laughs> of my list is film score. But it, first of all, we've been doing this podcast for like nine months, and I haven't yeah. had a single opportunity to bring it up. So that's a bummer. And if it's not now, then when? Which is surprising because I've known Matt for a long time and he is actually a big Weird Al fan. Yes, one of the best concerts I've ever been to. It's a very good song. Yep. It's I can't I mean, debate it. We're not here to debate American Pie. That's a solid song. I would argue this is a strict improvement because it's just a Star <laughs> Wars skin and I, I like Star Wars better than... Mm-hmm. But the, <laughs> the saga begins... Um, like I was saying before, all of these songs in my list are like tied to a, a specific memory that I've had when listening to it. And this one was another story that I've been wanting to tell on the pod, but haven't really had a good opportunity. The Star Wars Celebration 2019. Max, you were there, but Max and all of the rest of our friends and family left on Sunday to go back to school and work or whatever. But I was taking Monday off, so I stayed till Monday. And so I was at the panel on Monday alone, and there was a whatever, the MC that comes out and like hypes up the crowd before the actual panelists come out. And mm-hmm. they range from cringe to okay, generally, most of the time. But this one decided to have a lip singing, not even a contest, just a concert of that song. And she, she brought up like 10 people that all knew the song. Like it was a big qualifier. You have to know the song by heart and you're going to do a lip singing concert for us. And nine of the contestants or whatever uh, performers were solid. But this one Kylo Ren cosplayer was absolutely electric. It was a fantastic performance. He was playing, he was singing into his, the hilt of his crossguard lightsaber like a microphone, commanding the crowd. It was amazing. And unfortunately, I was there alone, so the memory lives. I mean, there was probably a couple hundred other people in the audience, but... As far as I'm concerned, that memory lives and dies with me, and I will cherish it forever. If you were there and you're listening to this, please reach out to us so Luke can talk to you about it. If you're the Kylo Ren performer, the Kylo Ren performer <laughs> I would love to meet you. You gotta go on Craigslist for a missed connection. That, that guy's going around like thinking this is a fever dream by now. Like, was I Kylo Ren at a concert and actually crushing it? <laughs> actually. Man, that seems, that's a weird memory, Luke. <laughs> I, I was just going to be like, oh, maybe the first time you heard it or something as well. Nope. Um, Running With Scissors, a great Weird Al album. I believe that's how the album opens. It is. Yes, it is. Hmm. A fantastic album. Ah, man, again, you son of a bitch. I don't know, man. <laughs> it's clean. It's, it's clean. It's clean. I can't it's, argue it's with it. It's my fifth favorite. I don't know what to tell you. I would you. say that's definitely a cheat, but I mean, I, I would have stuck that in with an honorable mention. It's But Star you also Wars. have to... It's not Star Wars canon, though. <laughs> it, <laughs> it is, is Star canon. Wars. But um, all right, let's. We talk about legends sometimes on this pod. That is true. Um, all right, Maxwell. For my number five, I did Igya Ka from the Ahsoka show. Another interesting choice. As someone who enjoys the Beastie Boys, I feel like that kind of in lines with that as well. It's an insane choice to me, though, but for top five, but it's also very different. So I'm really? glad you picked I, it. I, disagree, I know you. I disagree wholeheartedly because I made. I looked at your list and made sure it wasn't on any of ours. And there were mm-hmm. a few songs that I was like, oh, forgot about that one. Would have included it had I thought about it. And mm-hmm. this was one of them. I love that song. Yeah, it's I great. immediately remembered mm-hmm. it. We all saw that for the first time from that Ahsoka premiere. When we watched it together, and I remember all of us sitting there like, this is awesome, because yeah, it takes you it aback. Was. It's like, what, are we listening to like punk rock? No, is this K-pop? No, is it the Beastie Boys? And 
It's great. The song rips. It gets you pumped up. And one of the reasons, uh, there's two big things that I chose it. One is it actually features a singer by the name of Sarah Tudson or Tudson. I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, but she's the singer for the Illuminati Hotties, who is a band that I actually got to see live one time. Mm. I think they were opening up for Pup. Uh, but they're very good. And when I found out that it was her, I was pumped about that. Uh, but the other reason that I like it is because I feel like it works so well in Ahsoka because that song is playing the first time that you see Sabine Wren in live action. Mm -hmm. and I, I can't help but think that if you went into Ahsoka not seeing Rebels, you saw Sabine, you knew she was missing from this important ceremony, and that was the song that was playing, and you just immediately know everything there is to know about her. Yeah. I thought it was perfect. I think that's, I mean, that's, I think that is spot on for that character and, and everything as well. It's, 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 man, it's really interesting. I'm really excited to do our Why We Like Star Wars episode because I think a huge part of it for me is the, I, well, I don't want to get into it because we've got to talk about it, but I can already tell that I think a, a big part of Why We Like Star Wars is vastly different just based on your choices already. I think that, that song works super well for that moment, but I would not, I, I don't know, I wouldn't put that in like the, the pantheon of like amazing, amazing songs within the Star Wars score. With that being said, it's a, it's amazing for that moment, and like you said, it, it encapsulates Sabine in general. So, my number five is um, Obi Wan from uh, Obi Wan Kenobi. that's my favorite my fifth favorite is the which i didn't think something so new would break my top 10 but i think john williams you know he does one song in the obi-wan kenobi show and i think he absolutely nails it uh it, it is super light and it's super dark i think it shows obi-wan's path from who he was to who he is currently and then also venturing back into that darkness i think that opening theme song says it all uh not just about what you're about to see in the show but what you know about obi-wan and uh his entire life journey i think that encapsulated really it encapsulates him really well as a character and then is also uh again able to john williams one song on the on the album on the score he comes out of you know it's like his last kind of hurrah until whatever he scores alleged, next yeah alleged uh, and yeah i think that's uh one of my it also feels like anakin's uh dark deeds from the revenge of the uh revenge of the sith uh score as well i feel like there's a little bit of hints of those notes in there so if you want to look back at those i think there's a little bit of reminiscence of that and maybe with something he took from I don't disagree with anything you're saying, and I'm glad that you like it as much as you do, but I remember being distinctly disappointed when I first listened to that, because mm -hmm. I was really, really excited, because John Williams was coming back to do that one song, and it was the Obi-Wan mm -hmm. theme, and he said he always wanted to do it and never got a chance to, and so I had this expectation that it was going to be really grandiose and epic, yeah. and like you said, it's very you know calculated and quieter, which is great for Obi-Wan, great for the show, yeah. it's exactly what it needed to be, but it didn't meet my expectations, and... Yeah, I was kind of bummed. It's one of those things too that I I think I agree with you within the show's context as well. But I think listening to it by itself is where it really sings for me too. Yeah, uh, like Max's yours is the best example because we've only done two basically. Uh, which is I love and that in the moment, out. but I wouldn't listen to that necessarily outside of that show. I don't think as well. And I think that's where the Obi Wan thing really hit it off for me. Anyway, Luke Taylor, your number four pick. Number four. We don't have to worry about this one because it's a slam dunk. The Cantina Band theme. It's just called Cantina Band. Don't worry. You know the one. <laughs> You're familiar. 
Um, I don't have that much to say that hasn't been said. It really sets the tone for A New Hope because it's kind of all over the place up to this point. And so it really hammered it down. It's catchy. It's replayable. I big fan and it's otherworldly which i think is the most impressive thing Mm -hmm. the first time you listen to it you know it's regular instruments but john williams was able to compose them in such a way and use different types of instruments in a way that you feel like you're in a cantina from outer space i'm really glad that you picked it i had the cantina song on my i think it was top 10 but it didn't crack my top five so i'm glad i'm glad this made the cut interesting max you're number four. That's all you have to say about Cantina Man. You don't love it? <laughs> I was told we no needed. Comments. I was told we needed to go quicker, so I just figured I'd cut my losses and move on. Do you not like the Cantina theme? No, I like the Cantina theme. Okay, a lot. okay, that's all I needed. Would it be my top ten? Just no. the way you said no comment. I didn't say no comment. I was just like, all right, Max, back. I think Max set encapsulated that song yes, really well. Yes. And I have the tendency to say things that have been over said already and move on like this. So. I, I support that for the sake of um. So this... what? Me saying that shit? <laughs> I support you saying less, of course. Um, for the sake of this episode running long but i do think we need for for posterity we all need to just give like at least like a thumbs up or thumbs down because i was getting thumbs down vibes about the cantina band song of all things but sorry go on so it was a thumbs up thumbs up all right three thumbs up perfect uh my number four shaking your head (laughs) he hates it uh my number four is the love pledge and the arena from attack of the clones (laughs) yeah baby So uh, the love pledge in the arena, I I picked it um, and kind of like what Matt was saying off the top, you know, we might have songs with overlap with like similar themes and stuff. And this song, it, it's pretty much just like a different version of Across the Stars, which is the Anakin and Padme love theme from Attack of the Clones. But I specifically chose this one because I think it is the best iteration of it. And I really like the way how it starts with a very dark, somber, deep tone. And then it gets a little lighter and it builds into the love theme and then it kind of swells into their kiss as they're being introduced into the arena and then it kind of goes back to the danger of the arena and it immediately becomes dark and gritty and you fear again and it just the song the love theme first off is is just fantastic love theme uh but just the way john williams is able to go from danger to love and emotion back into danger within the same song is just incredibly impressive to me and i i absolutely love it and the prequels they get a lot of uh they get dogged on a lot for having poor writing, uh, poor acting. You know, you know all the things. You know, we'll defend it until the day we die because we like it. But I feel like one of the things that makes it easy to defend, especially Anakin and Padme's relationship, is the music. I feel like the music helps sell their relationship so much. If you take all of their scenes without any of the music, I think it is just completely different. And I think John Williams did the Lord's work in making that relationship work. <laughs> I 1000% agree. This is, um, I did my top 20 songs realistically and sent over a bunch, but this is my number 11. It's so good. I absolutely, everything you just said, I 1000% agree. Yeah, this was one of the few that was on all three of our lists. Oh, I, yeah. I really? had Across the Stars, personally, which is very similar. And, um, yeah, but I, not noticed, this, I noticed it was the it's same one for th- you too, so I went and looked at this one. I was like, "Oh yeah, that is better." <laughs> it is. Everyone... But Across the Stars was the one that uh, my wife and I walked into our wedding reception to. So oh, well, that holds a sentimental. Was feeling. it really? I did not know that. Yeah. Oh, that is amazing. Man, yeah, I wasn't there. I feel bad. That's okay. I was invited. To yeah. be fair, I just... 
It was a destination wedding. We don't hold it against him. I also I lived, in missed, L- I lived in LA at the time. That's I would why. not have missed your wedding for the world, but. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 oh man, yeah, I feel like this is a better version of um, Across the Stars, which is also a great song. But man, mm-hmm. this one really hits. It's like what I wanted out of the Kenobi. It's like just more hype. It's the same theme, but yep. be- better. bigger. Yep. Yeah, it, it definitely is. <laughs> um, to go the antithesis of that, I guess, was I was debating number four for a long time, and I was debating putting this in, but my number four is the main theme from A New Hope. So, the main theme, I was debating between, and to be honest, uh, I don't think this is anybody on anybody's list. If it is, we can talk about it in a little bit. But the main theme, main title, plus Escape from The Last Jedi is one of my favorite songs in all of Star Wars because it is super tight. And then it goes into something that I think is really interesting, which is Kylo Ren's, they do something really interesting with Kylo Ren's score where it is softer. It's not Darth Vader. It's not the Imperial March. It actually is way soft. It's almost like race theme where it's how it is, how much softer it is. But, uh, the main theme I really listened to, I was like, this is like the most punk rock orchestral composition I've ever heard in my life. Like if you just listen to it by yourself, the full five minutes with headphones on, it is so much looser in comparison to, in comparison to every other main theme or main, you know, the main title. If you listen to empire, it's different. It's it's a little tighter. This is very loose. It feels, I don't know. Again, I was debating putting it on my list, but like, oh my God, when I listen to it, it's so iconic and it instantly transports you into sitting in the dark theater, knowing that you're going to get the shit scared out of you, no matter, even though you know it's coming, it's going to blast in and you're going to see the word Star Wars and you're going to instantly get excited. And I feel like that is what we, I don't know, that's like the basis of Star Wars. That's our first entrance point to Star Wars is this song. And I was like, how can I not put it in my top five? And then at 120, it just transports you into a mysterious place and you don't know what's next. You don't know if it's going to be good or bad. And at specifically at 120 mark within the main title, it's, it just, it's magical, I think. It goes from scary to magic and then back to scary. Once again, I'm really glad that this song was included because it wasn't on my list, but I mm-hmm. really wanted it to. But when I was trying to make the list, I was trying to think of like, well, what what can I say about this? Like, what does it make me feel? And I was thinking about the main theme and I'm like, what does this make me feel? Does it make me feel excited? Does it make me feel adventurous? I couldn't really put my finger on it. And I, it's kind of because it doesn't make me feel anything necessarily mm-hmm. because it's just so synonymous with star wars yeah, yeah like true. listening to that theme to me is just like looking at the words star wars like it, it <laughs> is star wars that's true it's true that's point. i feel the exact opposite because it is synonymous and similar to looking at the word star wars it, i feel excited every every do you time. get excited when you read the word star wars a little bit oh, I do. There you go. Yeah. um this is another one of those that wasn't on max's list wasn't on my list and i saw it at number four on yours and i was like yee that was a close one gotta have that thank, <laughs> thank you man i didn't even think of that one it's just one of those things that, again it's just one of, it's man i don't know re-listening to it I, it wasn't even in my top 10 originally it was again last jedi's version but when i listened to this i was like my god the drums just hit and also, you you mentioned how the the opening the this song is different for each yeah. saga movie. I did not know that until recently. Max mm-hmm. mentioned it to me, and now even listening to it for it, I can't really tell. So what? that just goes to show like my inexperience well, with, with this in this specifically. Video. John Williams re-records it for every movie, but they are 
it's it's like the same but like sometimes you can just like kind of like hear like subtle differences like oh this one's like a little bit brighter it's a fun little experiment that i do from time to time i do try to like listen to differences and try to figure Mm -hmm. out which movie this main theme is from before it gets to that whatever the minute 20 mark is where it starts to become more obvious and that's why i do love those but give specifically last jedi and then a new hope back to back listen and it's crazy the difference um and again i love i love them both but main theme main title uh snuck in luke taylor number three number three i have the adventures of han from solo So I'm glad you had the Kenobi song because this is the one John Williams song from Solo, if I'm not mistaken, and it's what set my expectations for the one Kenobi song from Kenobi. Mm-hmm. And this is that great theme, but also great energy, very, you know, big. I don't want to, I don't know as much about music as you guys, so I don't want to just dumb it down to just trumpets, but those <laughs> trumpets hit, man. <laughs> hey, I played in ska bands. I love me some trumpets. <laughs> and I've watched Max play in ska bands. And I also love some trumpets. It's the the energy's there, the theme is there, the that Han theme. Um, I just love it. It comes up a lot it, in Solo, and every time it's just better. It perfectly encapsulates the character. It's daring and playful, and it has a swirling orchestra, which I feel like imperfectly encapsulates Han Solo. I yeah. abs- I th- I think this soundtrack is severely underrated. It's one of my favorites. Yeah, big thumbs up from this guy. When I was listening to it just now, it kind of gave me uh, Indiana Jones vibes. Exactly, yep. I was thinking that too, yeah. Yes, it does feel like that. Again, going through these soundtracks, I feel like uh, everything's on purpose. Or John Williams is super old, I don't know. (laughs) Although they get a bigger laugh, (laughs) goddammit. All right, Maxwell, you're number three. My number three is a personal pet favorite of mine, and my wife knows, I think my wife... This is the only Star Wars song that my wife knows because we talk about it a lot, surprisingly. It is Into the Trap. You can turn it Did off you now. want me to rush through the rest so you get to that to play a minute? Oh, it feels so good. It's so <laughs> satisfying. It has one of the best builds in all of Star Wars, in my opinion. And that little, that, that melody that they do. It's such a good, like, little, it's such a good little tease. It keeps you on the edge of your seat because you know that something's coming. And they're going into a trap. And it's just such a perfect song. And it has one of the best builds. And when it all comes together, it makes you want to punch a stormtrooper. And the timpani work in particular. My God. I love I love I love this song. Um, uh, I also like the song. It's very well featured in audiobooks. It's it, I, w- I won't say most of them, but I hear it 
all the time. And it's always like whenever the action's just starting. As I don't want to say be. it's exclusively whenever they go into a trap because I might just <laughs> be putting that on myself because no, I know I the name of the right. song. But I swear, every trap that gets sprung in an audiobook, they cue this song up. And I'll say one other nice thing about it. Uh, kind of um, the opposite to the Love Pledge in the Arena because that song was like, it's like eight minutes long, but it is really good. Yeah. This song is like a solid two and a half minutes. So I'm able to like listen to it in and out real quick. You can put it on a playlist in the middle of other songs and it's just like it fits right in. It's, it's beautiful. the punk rock of star wars and also it's in it's your... hard to call things the punk rock of star wars after discussing Igyakon. that's I mean, true that that's literally... true that's true it was the punk rock of star wars in the 80s, of the 80s. it was like before yeah uh 90s punk captain skate punk happened i, I love um, it absolutely love and it. it's in your favorite star wars movie yeah so return of the jedi it's collusion i guess uh, my number three is yoda in the force Yoda and the Force, uh, I think it's fantastical. It's super, it's full of wonder. It's weirdly creepy in the beginning. Uh, it sparks hope and nervousness. And it has, and it ends up with this like, obviously epic release. And there's a reason they use this in trailers and stuff too, still, for the sequel trilogy. It just, it just works, right? It is also, it's Yoda and the Force, right? Um, what is more Star Wars than the Force? And I, or Yoda. Um, but yeah, Yoda and the Force, I think is fantastic. It's super, it's core Star Wars. Anyway. I agree. Whenever, oh, sorry. Yes, please talk about whatever I think about that. I think about um, it was right after the Rise of Skywalker came out, and it was some dumpy Twitter post that was like, "Did you know that when Luke raises the X-wing out of the whatever on Octo, you it plays Yoda's theme?" And I just read that and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> Did you know that when Viggo Mortensen kicks the helmet and screams, he actually broke his toe in real life? It's like one of the most iconic themes in Star Wars. Of course, I yeah. knew that. And it's reminiscent of when Yoda did that. It is very <laughs> I reminiscent. I would say it's reminiscent. <laughs> also lifting an X-Wing. We haven't done the joke in a while. Let's bring it back. Um, Luke, you're number two. My number two is Victory Celebration. Oh, yeah. That song, like, that song replaced Yub Nub in the special editions in 97, and uh, I love it. I've only ever seen the special editions. That's the version I grew up with. I think the victory celebration, what we just heard, is perfect for tying up the the Vader saga with um, Luke and Leia, and it's like high intensity. You get the Ewok, the vocals in there, but, and I didn't just pick the song just so I could have an opportunity to shit on Yub Nub. <laughs> but I do not understand why it has so much love that it does. That seems to me the biggest example of people liking something because they saw it when they were young. I was just about to say good because old. I feel like it's we're not just a- good because old because do you do you like Yip Nub? No, I don't. I, I, I thought you didn't because that's it's not good. It's just good because kid when saw. Like, uh, well, like Matt quoted, George Lucas, uh, music is 50% of the movie-going experience, and there's multiple songs that changed in the special editions for Return of the Jedi, and when I lear- listened to the original songs, I was like, nah, no wonder people hated this song, or, or no wonder people hated this movie yeah. compared to the first two. 
originally. I'm like, man, these these songs got so much better. For as much crap as people give the special editions, the songs were a strict improvement. Yeah. There's another specific example that I'm not going to talk about in case someone else has it on their list, though I'd be surprised if it's in your top two. (laughs) Uh, Is it in yours? No, it's not. (laughs) Okay, okay, all right. This song is exceptional, and it also ties into the end credits really well. It leads in perfectly, um, and none of us have the end credits in our so- in our lists either, which is also yep. worth talking about. I it's did really want good. well, almost all the end credits. It's that's another thing, a caveat. I, did, I didn't want to do an end credit song because it feels like a bit of a cheat. Because right at the end of Empire, the end credits is like, oh, it's got the Imperial March, Princess Leia's theme. You know, <laughs> it's just like it is. They're yeah. great. They're obviously like some of the best, right? But it's like. But it's it's just the it's the best it's the greatest stuff right yeah. it's the it's the greatest hits it's just, it's the, just greatest the, the main theme with all the themes from the movie as well so, yes yeah. which obviously is great I know each movie makes a special effort to end on a beat of hopefulness yeah. but this Return of the Jedi is what this movie's from and it's like the only one when I'm actually like anticipating that end credit scene like this the music swells uh, in this mm-hmm. song and I'm like excited for it to end that's which how, is a unique feeling for Star Wars that's how I feel about Empire weirdly because it it just it cuts off so quick and that was in my originally it was in my list because i'm just like man i do think about that moment all the time when it's just like he's you know they're, they're looking out and all of a sudden the music is swelling and then all of a sudden it just cuts to all, like oh credits you're like oh, oh, oh. <laughs> max your number two my number two you know it you love it give me duel of the fates It's Duel of the Fates. It's great. It's Duel of the Fates. You know it. You love it, like I said. And, I mean, the reason that it has to get such high praise is because it is, I think, the most epic song in Star Wars. And I don't mean that in, like, the surfer bro way. Like, dude, that was totally epic. I mean that in, like, the literary sense. Like, it is just an absolute epic of a song. And kind of the opposite to Into the Trap, where Into the Trap puts me on the edge of my seat and makes me excited. Mm -hmm. I feel like Duel of the Fates pushes me back in my chair and says, open your eyes, motherfucker. We're going for a ride now. (laughs) It does. That's it. Honestly, the, the, yes, I mean that's exactly the same way I feel, and it feels like we like if Darth Maul spoke in Phantom Menace, like that's what he would. I don't know, like that's a, the the verbosity it would bring would be that scariness to it, mm-hmm. and it is it is a frightening song, and it's it's great, and again, it's another reason why I mean, we all are we love it and talk about it, and even when the the prequel trilogy got hate, I feel like everyone's like, well, yeah, but Duel of Fates is great, <laughs> like yeah. it was, uh, and, you know, I, that's the reason why Episode Nine was originally titled. That's why John Williams is so timeless. No matter what movie it is, you know, whether you're a new fan, an old fan, whether you like the prequels, the sequels, everyone's like, yeah, but John Williams' score killed it. And I was like, oh, yeah. 100% agreement. And I love that when the fandom comes together. I agree. Literally Mm. nothing bad to say about Duel of Fates. It is great. I agree. No notes. Thumbs up. All thumbs up. (laughs) Yep, all thumbs up. Speaking of thumbs up, my second favorite, uh, which I I genuinely think this is my favorite, second favorite Star Wars song of all time. Um... And this might come as a surprise because usually I'm a, pure, a purist. Luke already knows what it is because he's already he went through this list. But it's Ray's theme.
I can go on playing the rest <laughs> of it, but I love it. I think this it's simply the best, right? It having a lapse in Star Wars for years, it throws you back into that universe for a new generation. It feels like this trilogy's binary sunset. And I think that it fits the character and the movie so well. It's full of wonder and adventure. And I think this can work. This doesn't just work as a Star Wars song. It can work for almost any movie within that archetype of of, of like young adventure. And I think it is simply the best. I absolutely agree. And before Luke says anything, I'm going to take the chance here and just assume mm-hmm. that this was on all of our lists. This is the only other song that was on all three of our oh, lists. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely on mine. I absolutely love it. I'm glad that it was so high on someone's list yeah. because it is it is a great theme. It's fantastic. Yeah, it's almost a shame that the best songs we have the least to talk about because it's just like, yeah, that yeah. song's really, really good. <laughs> we can talk a lot about Weird Al, though. <laughs> all right, LT, you're number one. My. Well, before we get to our number ones... Oh, my God. No, someone else having a baby? What's up? <laughs> no, let's do a quick honorable mention. Oh, shit. <laughs> I forgot my own thing that I said. Our producer's having a kid. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> honorable mentions. All right. Luke, do you want to go with your honorable mentions? All right. Uh, well, I'll try to get through these quick. Um, Ahsoka and credits. So that second thing we heard was the uh, Sabine theme, which was kind of retconned. It was originally the Trials of the Darksaber score episode in Rebels, and then it was kind of retroactively um, just turned into Sabine's theme because she had the Darksaber for so long, and then the two just kind of became synonymous with the theme and the character. And so like what you were saying with the end credit to Empire being kind of a cheat because it has all the best themes, that's kind of how I feel about this one because I wanted to include include Trials of the Darksaber because I love that theme so much, but... I'm also very tied to the memory of sitting at our various houses after watching every episode of Ahsoka and listening to that score and just being like, that episode was also incredible, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> we just, maybe it's the podcast, maybe it was being together, but every single time we finished an episode of Ahsoka, it was just so exciting. It, to piggyback off of that, this is not in my top, uh, but I have to mention it. It's Thrawn's Arrival. Mm-hmm. Um, Ahsoka has a lot of good music. I'm glad. It I'm glad it's so well re- represented on this list. Honestly, it's kind of surprising considering we don't have that many. But that's if we're counting yours, which wasn't even an honorable mention, I guess. But we, it's made all of our lists. Um, my other honorable mention was March of the Resistance. So you had that as your number seven? No, that was my number six. I did my honorable mentions, I guess, in backward oh, okay. order. Good. I was, I was about to be I, upset I, with I you. I checked my notes. Yeah, you had it as number seven. I had it as number seven. I was like, if we had a tie and you just gave it to yourself because you <laughs> checked the list. So I was like, you're a bastard. <laughs> no, it was number six. I can show you the Spotify playlist I made before because it, it actually might have been higher because Duel of the Fates was my... Yeah. Duel of the Fates was high on my list. For a second, I was like, oh my God, did we not talk about that? And I just spoiled it for you. <laughs> um, but no, we're good. We're good. Both those songs... Don't have that much to say about them. Super like them. Yeah. Maxwell, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. So actually, uh, uh, you know, we did one through ten and we're doing our top fives. My seven through ten are actually being represented. So uh, the only honorable mention that I wanted to talk about uh, is the Book of Boba Fett theme. (laughs) 
Um, it is. It's an amazing theme, and I I especially wanted to say it because a I think it's great, but also I don't think that that show is that great. And I feel like we kind of dog on that show a lot in the podcast, or at least I do. So I wanted to be unbiased and say that that song slaps. That is definitely one great thing that that show has going for it. It pumps me up. It does. I cannot believe none of us put the Mandalorian theme. I was going to talk about that. Holy shit. I think it's funny. I'm always talking about how much I like the Book of Boba Fett. But here I included the Mandalorian theme because I do think... Oh, fuck, you did? Or, I mean, uh, it was not, it was not, it's not my number one. Okay, it was I was like, my, I'm so sorry. We didn't do our number ones yet. It was on my top ten oh, I guess. list. And I didn't include the Book of Boba Fett because while I do think Book of Boba Fett is a better theme, I like the Mandalorian so much more that my memories are tied more positively to the Mandalorian theme, which isn't necessarily mm. fair to the composers, but I'm glad we got representation for one, if not both, yep. assuming it's not your one. It's not. And I'm not, I'm not, this not honorable, honorable mention, so I won't play it, but Open the Door before Mandalorian Season 2 is in my top 10. It's mm. fantastic. Um, okay, I guess it's me now, since you are that you just had one. One and done. Um, mine is Journey into the Star Cluster from Rebels. This is a very, I think, obscure song. Um, from this is when Zeb is uh going to figure out if his if the rest of his species is alive or not. I believe uh he's with his a couple of his kind and they're going to an asteroid field or a star cluster. I guess also known as searching for Lyrasan. Yes, and I think this is a very uh underrated song and because it, it feels so different from anything else in Star Wars specifically. Even though it, it oh, I'm just gonna play it. I'll play it right now. Build to this amazing conclusion, yeah, and it's fantastic. And I get swept up in that moment every single time. Like when I was watching that scene, I had to replay it like a million times just for the music alone. Um, and that's, I think, another thing that's, a, that's Kevin Kiner, which is also why I think I was so pumped for him to do more things outside of uh, just the animated shows. And I feel like, um, yeah, that that song. I mean, just like the Rebel soundtracks, I think are slept on a little bit um, as well. So give even the only the first two are on Spotify specifically of Rebel season one and two. This is from season two. Seasons three and four aren't on Spotify? They are not, and it is kind of annoying. That's a fun fact. It is. Thumbs up to that song, though. That I was liked a great it. song. And then my other one, uh, yeah, give it a listen in its entirety. My other one is not opening Photoshop. It is Princess Leia's theme. I think this, I know everyone likes uh, Han and the princess more, and but I think something that, uh, to your point earlier, Max, when we were talking about um, uh, Love Pledge, that starts gritty, gets sweet, romantic, and then gets to gritty again. I don't think that works as well for Han and the princess. I think the Princess Leia theme works out so well um, by itself, and we have it's very airy and nice. I think it represents uh, Princess Leia as a great character. We all know it. I could cry just thinking about it for some reason. It's so good. Yeah, great okay. song. All right, number one, <coughs> LT. Uh, uh, sorry, real quick, before we do, the producer's giving me the signal, which means we got to cut to a quick sponsor break. Today's sponsor is Just the Core. We've all been there. You come home from a long day of hard work and sit in your favorite chair with a brewski and an ice cold apple. Maybe it's a gala or a Granny Smith or even a Golden Delicious. It doesn't matter. All you want is apple. But what's this? 
You're about halfway into your apple and you realize you're already full? You spent minutes eating around a perfectly fine apple core, intending to save the best for last. But in the end, you're so full of apple, you have to throw away the delicious center. If only there was a way to fully enjoy the delectable apple core. That's where Just the Core comes in. At Just the Core, you only get an apple core. No more wasting time and valuable stomach space eating the yucky outside of the apple. Now, you can finally enjoy the ooey-gooey center you've always been craving. Just go to justthecore.com and enter the keyword Force for Thought for free two-day shipping. Just the Core subscription boxes typically cost $7.99 a month, but for a special limited time offer just to our fans, Just the Core is offering an ad-free version in which they promise to stop stuffing your Apple Core boxes full of flyers for a slight upcharge of only $11.99 a month. And you haven't even heard the best part yet. You're probably wondering just how Just the Core gets its cores. Well, thanks to new proprietary patented technology, Just the Core is able to ethically and responsibly grow apple cores right off the tree. The fact that they look like Max just ate a regular apple and put it in the mail is purely a coincidence. I've been eating exclusively Just the Core's apple cores for weeks now, and I feel like shit. But to be fair, I have a lot of other health issues that are probably doing that to me. The point is, I love Just the Core. Again, go to justthecore.com and enter keyword force for thought for free two-day shipping. That's J-U-S-T-T-H-E-C-O. O-R-E.com and tell them Force for Thoughts sent you. I cannot believe you told me we had to move quicker earlier on so you can play this fucking shit. <laughs> All right, uh, number one. People, people always say to me, Luke, you've only made $6 from the podcast between the three of you. It's irresponsible to hire a full-time producer, but this is the kind of content we get from her, and that's why she's a full-time salaried member of the Force yep. for Thought team. Do you work? <laughs> Very little. <laughs> All right. Number one. Number one. Number one's Luke Taylor. Number one. Number one. Stupid. My favorite Star Wars song of all time. Droid Invasion and the Appearance of Darth Maul from The Phantom Menace. Like I was saying, most of my songs are tied to specific memories. And uh, Battlefront 2, 2017, when you load in to Kashyyyk and you are playing as a clone trooper and that, star- that song starts playing, you scream for the Republic and you march down those beaches. You get blasted in the head by some sweaty basement dweller that's been playing the game for seven years straight. You respawn and you goddamn it, do it again. <laughs> and you do it with a smile on your face because that song brings it out of you. I love that song. I love Battlefront 2, <laughs> and I every time I hear that, I just want to shout, FOR THE REPUBLIC! Are you the basement dweller in this situation? Because <laughs> it sounds like you are. Still playing the song, poning 10-year-olds, like, yes! <laughs> it feels better because you know they like it with the song. <laughs> uh, that's hilarious. Luke, I, yeah, no complaints. Amazing song. Yeah. 10 that, out of 10. That theme that's is also uh, used very often throughout the, the Clone Wars era. It's like the the confederacy theme Mm -hmm. and i really like it every time it comes up i feel like hmm, i'll talk about it later pass you mean later (laughs) okay in a different episode does it relate to someone else's number one pick i passed okay he passed uh you want me to go please all right so my number one pick what i feel like is the all-time best star wars song the imperial march
Uh, I I think it is the the best Star Wars song. It is synonymous with Darth Vader, and it just in it just makes you feel scared. And I absolutely love it. Not just because you know it's Darth Vader's theme, and it's uh, Darth Vader's a scary guy. But I feel like if you have never seen Star Wars, you've never seen Darth Vader. You hear that, and you know to be afraid. There's a reason why every single high school marching band plays this song at football games and it is because it is intimidating it is dark and it's kind of easy to play and for which all of which <laughs> i absolutely love it one thousand percent it's iconic it is maybe the most iconic song in all of star wars uh i agree i like it that being said i do think that the droid invasion song <laughs> is a strict improvement upon it and that's why <laughs> i like droid improve droid invasion so much i i love the imperial march but it's just a little bit slower and more downtrodden. And I feel like uh, John Williams for, not to talk about my pick now during your pick's time, but... No, you're when, fine. I'll go he, back to mine. When he was scoring Phantom Menace, it was like, what if we did Imperial March just bigger and badder and more intensity, which is George Lucas's MO. So. Do you think droid improvement, which is what you said earlier on accident, would be your version of home improvement? <laughs> this is your sitcom? <laughs> you and a couple of droid kids? Um, I will say, too, just to try to bring it back to my pick, uh, Imperial March is also fantastic because it's so... I think the most commonly used theme in other Star Wars songs, and it's always fun to listen to it and being like, oh, there it was. Did you catch it? It represents the character so well, I think, too, right? I mean, it is, like, you, you, everything you just said. Again, I don't need to double down on it. You said yeah. it perfectly. It's also one of the only in-universe canon songs, which I guess including with Iggy Aka, assuming that that's, Sabine was actually listening to it on the radio. Yeah, that's a great call, it's Luke. in Solo in a Imperial propaganda video. Yeah, that's a great call. That. Yeah. Man, Crazy. what does that, does that imply that, John Williams is working for the bad guys? Well, he's an independent contractor. <laughs> Maybe. The dude's a musician. He's just trying to make ends he's, meet. He's just trying to make a Even buck. in a galaxy far away, it's a tough biz. Yeah, that's true. Um, so going off of Imperial March, uh, not my number one, um, it's not the most original, but I think it was maybe the second, if not the most iconic song next to the Imperial March, which is the Binary Sunset. Again, this song, I think, it makes you think of hope that there's greater good in the world, not just the galaxy that they live in, but I feel like this is a, just an inspiring song in general. I also feel like it's like, if you're ever do, like having a big life moment of doing anything, going out and setting out your own adventure, this is a perfect song to listen to and really feel like you're going to go out and succeed at anything you're doing. Um, we're all Luke Skywalker, I think, in that moment when you're listening to that song, and it's it's iconic, right? It's, it is Star Wars. It is hope. It's it's rebellion. It's adventure. It's, it's everything, I think. Uh, and the antithesis, I feel like that brings that up a lot too, but it's the antithesis of the Imperial March, I think, too. Um, and I absolutely love it. Uh, I agree. Big fan. Um, this was the other one, along with the main title song, mm -hmm. that when I saw your list, I was like, oh, can't <laughs> believe that I forgot that one. This one also would have been very high on my list had I thought of it, which oh, for some reason I just didn't. But that that's your role, I guess, in these ranking episodes. You're all reliable. You get all the ones that we, we want to include, but we just I, want to talk about something dumb instead. I Yeah, I, which is so funny, because I feel like I'm the dumb one on the podcast that just makes <laughs> jokes all the time, but yet, here I am, all reliable. I'm the Buick. As Luke's bringing up Weird Al. Yeah, which feels like my M.O. Yeah. 
if I were to place bets before we started this, who was going to do it? I would have said you. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. But, you know, it's like if someone, if this was a sitcom, they'd be like, wow, Luke's really getting like written really weird this episode. <laughs> Luke's on that line he's doing. Anyway, so those were our top five uh, songs ranked along with some honorable mentions and some video. Does anybody have any force for thought before we sign off? Uh, yeah, I do have force for thought. So I was thinking about uh, Darth Vader's death, right? And uh, quick pop quiz. Do you know what his last words are? No. He says, uh, you were right about me. Tell your sister you were right. So the last words that he says is, tell your sister you were right. And I think it really plays into the tragedy of Darth Vader about how he didn't say, you know, tell the galaxy that I turned at the very end, you know, redeem me or anything. All he wanted was for his family to know that in the end he did turn back to the light. But he didn't know who his daughter was. He sensed from Luke that he had a twin sister. But there had to have been a point where Anakin got to force ghost heaven. And he was <laughs> like, guys, I also have a daughter. I wonder who it is. And then they're like, actually, it's it's her. And he's like, no way. Because I definitely tortured her and kidnapped her husband. <laughs> her boyfriend at the time. That's true. But he would know because he does force go show up at Bright Tree Village. Yeah, that had to yeah, have been a conversation. He, he just looked up and smiled in that way that the Aiden Christensen, the mimic Christopher, or Christian Sean, or what was his name? The old uh, Anakin. You're not going to get that from me. <laughs> I don't that, know. Cut that. But <laughs> Anakin looks up, smiles at Luke, and is like... Oh my God, Leia! That that was her. Oh my God, Han! Obi Wan and Yoda. Yeah, I guess that would have been the first time that he found out that Han is alive too. Yeah. Because as far as Darth Vader knows, he basically killed her boyfriend. I feel like it's one of those things. Weirdly, that is implied. Uh, it, that's a really interesting point. But also, I think the, your your first point was super interesting in the fact that it's like, wow, that is actually incredibly sad. Uh, yeah, I feel like we could have an entire episode dedicated to the tragedy of Darth Vader because that's should, why I started yeah. thinking about this. But. I think about so many other things too. He, he gets to meet Yoda again. He says, "Yoda, I've been dying to ask, where were you hiding all that time?" And Yoda says, "Dagobah." He's, oh, we should have checked <laughs> there. <laughs> Dagobah. Damn it, the one place I didn't look. <laughs> that was Always. excellent force for thought. That it is was. such a fun fact. When you said, "Does anyone know his last line?" and I said, "No," I was just airheading i thought it was when he says no in the special editions throwing palpatine down the hatch i forgot about that dialogue oh yeah he, <laughs> the dialogue he talks to luke a little bit yeah yeah man all right want to sign off so there you go uh yeah let us know let us know what you think reach out to us across social media at force for thought you can email us at force for thought at gmail.com let us know what you think of our rankings if there was any glaring omissions um or if you're just looking at us for the first time and think we're ugly you know that's true yeah again, no, keep that thought to yourself i am very fragile these days <laughs> that's true let's all be kind to each other like we are in the star wars fandom um we're kind of you <laughs> all right see you sammy Fucking hell. <laughs> I was going to do finger guns as a sign off, but it felt silly. But then I did like a finger gun wave, cut around it. Fix that in post. <laughs>